This morning, I want to share uh, a brief message. I know it's Christmas Eve, and many of you have some big plans today and tomorrow, and hopefully this week. And so, I promise to let you out before three o'clock today. And you have that commitment from me. Uh, but I would like to share a message entitled "The Indescribable Gift." The indescribable gift. And I want to direct our thoughts actually not to uh, one of the passages in the Gospels that talks about the birth of Jesus, but I would like to direct our attention today to the book of John, John chapter 1. So if you would like to turn there with me, we are in John chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 10, and we're going to go to verse 14. And I want to talk about the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ today. That's why we're here. Can you say amen? amen. That's what Christmas is. I, I know there are a lot of different Christmas traditions that are represented in this place, and I know that uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, traditions in our culture and in our media, and uh, nativity scenes and lights and Little Drummer Boys and Dominic the Donkey and all of this other stuff. And, uh, and those are great. Uh, but what I'd like to do is really focus on the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ to each of us here today. And so I'd like to read this passage to you today and with you. In fact, if you don't mind, if you're able to, would you be able to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word as we read this together? John chapter 1, beginning in verse 10, and going to verse 14. In speaking about Jesus, it says, He came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And in the words of Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, as he was talking about the gift of life, eternal life, the gift of salvation from, from Jesus himself, he concluded all of his thoughts by saying these simple words, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So Jesus, we celebrate the indescribable gift of you into our lives. I ask you, Jesus, that you would uh, allow your word to touch our hearts in a powerful way, and God, that you would move in this place as we unpack this, as we talk about this gift, and Lord, I pray that even through this holiday season, we'd be reminded, as we just heard, we'd be reminded of what this gift is really all about. 
And Lord, we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Uh, So it's Christmas. Some of us decided to get a little more dressed up. I, uh, I actually wore a tie today. How'd that? Uh, do, I, do I look like a... Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I was fishing for that. Thank you. And uh, I, I asked somebody, do I look like a flight attendant? And so, so just in case, the exits are here and here and there. Some of you have never been on a plane. Um, and it shows. Uh, but this, this is a time that we just, we, we celebrate, we bring a lot of attention to the birth of Christ, and uh, we are thankful for the gift of Jesus. I wonder today, how many of you have a, uh, a gift that you receive for Christmas that still stands out today? How many of you would say, go, go back, even when you were a kid? When you received, like for me, it's when I received Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> Do you remember those? Oh, my word. My Christmas was made when my parents got me that. And uh, I was always the blue one. And, you would, and I'd always face my brothers. And, and if you don't know, there are these robots that just stood in front of each other. And they just boom, 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 boom. And when he got him right in the jaw, and, and it, his head would pop up. And then he would just, and then he would just go back to fighting again. It would explain a lot of the aggression that I have today. To be honest with you. I could, I could remember some bikes that, that I might have gotten or, or some other special gift. And I bet you can too, as you kind of look at this time of season and you got a lot of memories. Well, Uh, I want us to be reminded of the incredible gift of Jesus. In fact, I want to look closer at it today. And I want to ask you, how how do you treat the gift of Jesus? I realize that tomorrow will be Christmas Day. I also realize that the next day, I don't want to be anywhere near any stores. Why? Returns. Lines of people dissatisfied with the gift that they got. And Target will be, uh, just have lines of people ready to return their stuff. Walmart, the same thing, except they'll be in their pajamas. And then you've got other places. You've <laughs> That was so wrong. Um, but funny. Uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, uh, how you handle the gift of Christ can be determined not by him, but by you. This past Wednesday, we had a white elephant gift exchange. Something that you've received in the past that you no longer want in your house. And so some people would wrap that, and they, would, they brought it to the White Elephant Gift Exchange. It was amazing how people would lose their Christianity over a statue of a snowman. And yet, it takes place. Or a, light, or a lighthouse. Let's not bring up the lighthouse. I know, Rebecca's still in therapy over that one. So you could re-gift it, 
I suppose, and not really care about it. You could kind of throw it on a shelf, or you could cherish it. Either way, I would like to talk about this gift, and that may bring you to a point of really cherishing this gift even more. For example, number one, this gift had to be what I call submissive. It had to submit to becoming Jesus like us. This gets lost sometimes when we talk about Christmas. Take again, uh, look again at verse 14. It says, so the word, meaning Jesus, the word became human. Stop there. The word became human. Do you understand how significant that is? Do you understand that the creator became creation? Do you understand that for this gift to truly be significant, Jesus had to become not a super being, not a superhero, not an X-man, not even an angel. He had to become one of us. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Christmas is not just about a baby in a manger. More significantly, it's about that creator of the universe becoming like his creation. I choose not to take the gift of Jesus Christ lightly today because of the significance of one who made the earth becoming like me. Probably thinner, but like me. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 puts it this way. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, look at this, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. Picture the idea of you creating something and then becoming that. That seems impossible. Somebody as complex and as incredible as a human becoming something that you would create. And yet, the creator of the universe became human. He felt what we feel. Scripture says that he was tempted in every way, just like we were, yet he was without sin. He knew what it was to be rejected. Jesus knew what it was to laugh. Jesus knew what it was to cry. Jesus knew what it was to be tired. Jesus knew what it was to face pressure. Jesus knew what it was to be betrayed. Jesus knew what it was to be failed by somebody close to him. And yet he did all that without sin. In fact, that's number two about our incredible gift. Not only did this gift have to be submissive, but this gift had to be sinless. Here's the deal. Mankind on its own is lost. 
The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned and we've come short of the glory of God, each and every one of us. And so our standing with God is the fact that we are distant from him. Why? Because we sin. And sin separates from God. Jesus saw that peril that all of us deserved and he said, something has to be done. And so Jesus came not only to become one of us and not only face all the temptations that we face, but he also did so with never failing. Dare I say there might be some of us, we cannot go a week without failing somehow spiritually. Some of you are saying, what are you talking about? I failed on the way here today to church. (laughs) We are flawed human beings, and yet Jesus himself was sinless. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 puts it this way. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. For you see, had Jesus failed, he would not have been the perfect price for our sin. Had Jesus sinned, he would have been blemished going to the cross. Jesus lived 33 years on this earth without sinning, without giving in to temptation, without rebelling, never once deviating from what God's word says. Why? And I want you to know this today. Jesus did not only die for you, he also lived for you. And so Jesus shows you how to live a life that is pure, that is holy, that is without fail. Jesus did so so that you might be able to do that as well. To the person here who might think that I can never, ever get a victory over sin. I could never, ever get a victory over the, uh, over the pressures that I am facing. Jesus would say, yes, you can because I did. The sinless Lord lived among a sinful people. A sinless Lord, our gift, lived amongst a sinful people. Romans 1, 22, and, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23 says, as Jesus' birth was announced, we already mentioned this earlier in the service, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I want to pause one more time and remind you today that God's with you. If you feel alone, you're not. God is with you. If you feel you've been abandoned, you've not been abandoned by everybody. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Even if you've not been your best, (laughs) even if you have failed spiritually, the Lord will not leave you. He loves you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. This indescribable gift had to submit to becoming a human. And not only that, but then he had to live a sinless life. But then, number three, unfortunately, this gift had to be sacrificed. Sacrificed. This is why he came. This is why the baby was born in a manger. 
This is why we celebrate Christmas, because this launched Jesus on his mission to save humanity. And he could not save humanity just by living a good life. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. If you read through all the Old Testament, if somebody wanted forgiveness from their sin, they would have to bring a spotless lamb to a high priest. And that priest had to sacrifice that lamb. And with the shedding of that blood, that would then, that act would atone for the sins of anybody who brought that lamb to the priest. But at one time, Jesus became not only the spotless lamb, but also the high priest. And today we can have victory over sin because Jesus paid my sin debt. Can you say amen to that today? Look what Galatians chapter 3 says. Galatians 3 says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. Let me pause here and just say, that's why I don't believe in curses. Why? Because Jesus rescued us from the curse. Jesus rescued us from the curse. There is not some curse that you have on your life from great-great-granddaddy 80,000 years ago because he had this action and he did this and blah, blah. The blood of Jesus Christ sets you free from the curse. Can you say amen? And for those of us, (laughs) for those of us with a little bit of dysfunction in our family, that should be good news to you today. To those of you where things were a mess in your family, Jesus has set you free from what has happened in your family in the past. If your dad was an alcoholic, that doesn't mean you have to be an alcoholic. If your mom was a train wreck, that doesn't mean you got to be a train wreck. If your grandfather made mistakes, that doesn't mean you have to make the same mistake. I, I, I won't say that. What I will say is this. The blood of Jesus Christ sets us free from any curse. Any curse. That's the gift of Jesus Christ. Give him praise for that. You're set free. You are set free. But Christ has rescued us from the curse that was pronounced by the law. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Jesus became the curse for me. I had a debt. We all have a debt. A sin debt. And we are bankrupt with that heavy debt. But there is a bailout. It's almost an oversimplification to call it that. There's an answer. You don't have to give in to the bankrupt debt of sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your debt. Anybody ever pay your bill? Once you ever go through the drive-thru at McDonald's? (laughs) Not me, unless I'm getting a salad. Uh, You ever go? (laughs) That's not true. They know me by name. <laughs> Mr. Anderson, good to see you again. Same thing. And uh, <laughs> one recognizes my voice. I have problems. But there was one time, there was one time somebody in front of me paid for my meal. I thought, all right. You know how great that was? 
You ever, anybody ever? I, I'd always heard stories of that. Someone bought my coffee at Starbucks. What, what is that? $88, something like that? For one cup? <laughs> or coffee that tastes like feet? It's awesome when somebody can pay for your stuff. Even more awesome is the fact that Jesus paid for our sin. You couldn't pay it. You couldn't afford it. But Jesus did. And Jesus was sacrificed incredibly. The creator of the universe took on the form of his own creation. Why? To die in our place. Lastly today, this gift has to be secured. This gift has to be secured. I can offer you a gift today. I could offer you a gift card. But it's up to you to receive it. Well, thanks. Here you go. $50 to Dick's Sporting Goods. That's not a plug. but Now, it's up to you to take that. I freely give it. I freely offer it to you. But it's up to you to take it. Jesus offers salvation. But it's, off, it's up to you to take it. I'm notorious in my family. And I'm getting better at this. This drives my son crazy. Among many things about me that drives him crazy. But I still have some gift cards in my backpack, in my bag, that have gone unused for several months. Now, some of you, as soon as you get that gift card, let's go, and you're just ready to spend that thing. For some reason, there's something in me that says, let's just keep that baby where it's safe. I might need it someday. <laughs> and, and what do I do? I, I just, I, I, I kind of I pack it away, is what I do, and, and never see it again. <laughs> And she's like, oh, wow, Chick-fil-A. That would have come in handy. Some of us do that with our salvation. We'll, we'll alleviate a guilty conscience because we've done some stuff. But what do we do with that gift? We, we, we kind of hide it away. And we'll break it out once in a great while. That's not how the gift of Jesus is meant to be redeemed. That is something that we cling to, that we hold on to. Look at this verse. I love this. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It tells us how we can redeem it. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And then verse 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've told this story before, so forgive me if it's a repeat, but when I was, when I was a boy, one of my favorite gifts ever was a talking G.I. Joe. Now, I'm not talking about those little ones. What, what is that about, okay? I, we had the big old action figures, okay? And mine had the kung fu grip. 
okay? So I had elastic hands so I could hold stuff, okay? And that's how they'd advertise it, G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. And, and it had a dog tag. And if you pulled the dog tag, he would say something. Let's go get him. You know, it, it was cool. And he had like eight phrases, you know, depending on how far you pulled the string. And I thought, all right, this is cool. Until one day I decided, let's see if G.I. Joe can fly. And so I'm in the backyard. I'm in the backyard, uh, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm grabbing G.I. Joe by the foot, and I'm just throwing him as high as I can. Fly, Joe, fly! I thought, oh, let's try it again. And about 20 times, I did these test flights with G.I. Joe, throwing him up in the air over and over, never catching him. Because he was G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip. He could handle it. And then, <clears throat> I thought, wow. Okay, Joe, let's, let's see what you have to say. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Remember backmasking? It sounded like a backmask. <laughs> he, he, I ruined him. <laughs> what happened? I, I tried to use my G.I. Joe in a way that I wasn't supposed to, and I totally trashed that gift. I was heartbroken until I conned my grandpa and get me a new... <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but you know, some of us we have taken the gift of salvation and we've used it in a way that it's not supposed to be used. It's not just your get-out-of-hell-free card. Receiving the gift of Jesus does not mean I can do whatever I want. And then, on Sunday, boom! Jesus, forgive me on my sin, amen. That's not how Jesus designed this thing. Now, I do know this. The Bible does say if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that I know. But here's the deal. Jesus wants you to walk away from that prayer changed. If you use this gift the way that you're supposed to use this gift, Jesus will change your life. Not just your occasional conduct. He will change your life. He becomes my Lord and not just my Savior. I live for him. I don't live for me and then cash in the forgiveness coupon when I've done a little too much. No, my day is consumed with pleasing the Lord. My actions, my words, my thoughts are all with Jesus at the center first and foremost. Yes, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But let's remind ourselves that Jesus wants to be with you not just from 10 to 1130 on Sunday, 
but Jesus wants to be with you 24-7. Could I ask you today, how are you handling the gift of Jesus today? Could you be tossing around like my G.I. Joe and kind of messing it up? Using your gift in a way that it's not intended. Or, or, or maybe for you, you've got this gift and Jesus has forgiven you. And, and as you're walking, you, you, you tend to lose your grip on it. Maybe circumstances come up, difficulties arise, and that, is, that has somehow convinced you to take your gift, shelve it, and then kind of deal with life without them. That's not the purpose of a gift. It's not the purpose. See, Jesus not only, as we said at the beginning of the service, Jesus not only came to die for you, Jesus came to dwell with you. And so he's there. How are you handling? How are you receiving? Are you securing the gift of Jesus? Some of you at that white elephant gift exchange... They were going to have to pry that gift out of your cold, dead hands. Others of you were more than willing to give up your gift. I would say that secure your gift with Jesus in such a way that nothing can get in between you and Jesus. Nothing. Nothing will force me to give up my gift. If things don't go well, I've still got my gift. If I've not been my best, I've still got my gift. If people treat me wrong, I've still got my gift. If people say this and someone causes this to happen, and if I get mistreated, I've still got my gift. And I'm never going to let that go. If you've let go of your gift, take it back today. If you've received this gift... Hang on to it with everything. And if you've never received the gift of salvation, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the greatest gift that you could ever receive today would be Jesus. Sue, I'm going to fast forward just to the last slide. Second to last. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. It's a gift that I'm not going to throw up in the air and watch crash on the ground. It's a gift that I'm not just going to uh, throw out every time I worship and that's it. It's, this is a gift that I, I receive, Lord, and I'll hang on to. I will tell you that this, Jonathan, if you can come, the greatest gift that you could receive today will not be found under a tree. It was found hanging on a tree 2,000 years ago. The gift 
of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Would you bow your heads with me, please, as we get ready to wrap this up? Thank you, Lord, for your indescribable gift. Let me ask a, just a few questions here today, and I will not embarrass anyone, but I'd love to know whom to pray for today as we let you go. But this morning, is there anyone here today you have never received this gift of salvation from Jesus? It, it, it's, it's almost a new concept to you. T today is the day to give your life completely to Jesus Christ. Well, I got to fix things first. No, no, don't do that. Let, Je let Jesus fix you. Let Jesus do the cleaning up. Let Jesus do the delivering. Let Jesus do the changing. That's how it works. You're here today and you'll say, Pastor, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. I need to receive this indescribable gift for myself today. If that is you, I just want to know whom to pray for. Could you slip your hand up and put it right back down? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? My next question would be, maybe you've received this gift, but, but you've, you've lost your grip on it along the way. You, you, you've received this gift, but you, you've not held tight to it. In fact, maybe you've even used this gift in such a way that it's not even close to how God wants you to use it. It's, it's not just a Sunday, Wednesday thing. It, 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 it's more than that. It's, it's, it's a 24-7 thing. It's something that Jesus wants to give you so that he makes a difference in your entire life, not just your church life. And maybe you'll say today, yeah, I, I received that gift in the past, but right now... I." I'm at a place where I kind of lost my grip and I need to grab that gift back and hang on to it with everything, with everything. Pastor, please pray for me that I could start that today. If that is you, may you also slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up. Thank you. Are there others? I just want to thank you. I want to hang on to that gift, God. I need to give things a new start with Jesus Christ. Is there someone else? I need to make a change today. Hallelujah. Christian, friend, if you've not raised your hand, could I challenge you? Value this gift. Cherish this gift. Don't turn it on and off. Keep it on. Keep Keep it open. Keep it in the forefront. Keep this gift where you always know it is so you can see it every single day. Thanks be to God for our indescribable gift. Would you all stand with me, please? I'm going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to... We're going to ask the Lord to do something here. A number of people have raised their hands, and maybe you didn't, but you still feel kind of a tug in your heart to make some, some changes. Can I encourage you today to pray this prayer with me as I pray it, and let's ask Jesus to 
do something special in our lives as it concerns this precious, indescribable gift. So maybe we can all repeat this prayer. Let's all pray together. I want you to repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for the gift of eternal life, for becoming like me and dying in my place. I ask you, help me to live for you every day. Help me to hold on to the gift that you've offered me and to never let go. I pray every day I would be reminded that you are my Savior and you are my Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, for this amazing gift. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise today? Let's just do that. I'm going to ask my wife to come on up here. And um, she's not a she's not one of these that likes the stage or the spotlight. And she's surrounded by two men that love it. <laughs> and uh, Jonathan's right here in the middle. You've been such a blessing to us for 23 years. And we love you so much. And from the bottom of our hearts, we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. And please know, please know that we talk about you often in a good way. We brag about you to other churches and other pastors. We're so proud of you, and we love you. And I believe that God has some great things in store for us in 2024. And so we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas today. And please know that we love you. Amen. So, Lord, I pray for a blessing upon our church. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless our coming and our going. Lord Jesus, have your way. Help us to live for you. Give us a wonderful Christmas, each and every one of us. And God, next week as we wrap up this year and look towards the new year, I pray, God, that you be at the forefront of our plans, every strategy, Everything that we have in store, Lord God, we do it for your glory. And Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. Merry Christmas. We love you. God bless you.